Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Redoctopus Cephala Podcast. The only show that celebrates all the things that made growing up wicked cool. You thought I was going to say awesome, but I uh, threw you for a loop there. We are part of I the did. Dorkening and <laughs> Inebriart Podcast Networks, as you may know. And we, as always, we are brought to you tonight by Deadly Grounds Coffee. And that, of course, is coffee to die for and also to drink because it is right, delicious. And I uh, recommend it highly. Uh, I am your host, Parasite Steve, a.k.a. Steve Van Sampson. And with me, as always, is my my buddy, my broski, Mr. 8-Bit Alchemy. How you doing, 8-Bit? Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm doing pretty darn good, actually. Your boy, I'm very excited your boy, about tonight's episode. Your boy, 8-Bit Alchemy over here. Your, your boy, boy in the in the he's. But I ain't the only boy in the he's for she's right now oh, with extra you, cheese. Oh, we got true. We got oh. one other. We got one other up in this. That is that is absolutely true. Who, tonight, because tonight, this who, episode... Who he be? Well, this episode just so happens, 8-Bit, in case you didn't know, this is an episode of The Brig. And tonight... Slam! I am, <laughs> I am stoked to welcome to the show an especially rad dude. He's the mastermind behind Universe Retro, and that's the YouTube channel and the online shop. And he's the co-creator of the upcoming documentary Mom and Pop, the indie video store boom of the 80s slash 90s. He's the man with the mane. He's Bobby Knipe Jr. How you doing, Bobby? Hey, man. And I like the uh, the man with the mane thing. I might have to, to keep that up because my hair is getting uh, quite mane. <laughs> it's, it's fairly glorious. I'm not going to lie. Uh, well, it, it, mane. it is. It is. It is uh, Thundercats-esque <laughs> in its just in its uh, <laughs> thickness and uh, volume, I would say, Thundercat. And this is coming from and, a bald guy. Just, so you look like a natural born leader. I don't know. I feel like you could <laughs> yeah. lead a, a, a group of people. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's hope so. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know if you have a sword that, where you say uh, universe, 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 retro or not. I don't know what you do. I don't. See, there is, there's a sword in the logo. I see it. There is. Yeah. It's actually, uh, it's actually from the Masters of the Universe, but, uh, you know, around right, the Masters same of years. the Universe retro. I get it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm picking it up. Uh-oh. Are, I get are, it. We are digging it. So, uh, Bobby, you stumbled your drunken ass down. We slammed the door. You're in the brig. Uh, why don't you tell us here. a little bit? So you let me out. Yes. We'll <laughs> let you out at the end of the show for sure. And I was going to put snacks <laughs> okay. in there tonight. Um, I didn't. Uh, I got here kind of late. I think there are some old saltines in one of the drawers. I don't know. You can check if you get real peckish, but uh, if not, you you know, you're probably bet, better off not doing that. Uh, so while we're here, why don't you tell us all about Universe Retro? For those who might not know, what is this uh, this this empire that you've built? <laughs> yeah, um, so it started out just as the YouTube channel, and it hasn't been around too long, really. I'd say maybe a year and a half. Um, I've always watched YouTube and stuff. Honestly, it's like my main, my main way to watch things, you know, like, I mean, I watch Hulu, Netflix and all that stuff, but I'm like probably on YouTube watching stuff more than anything. So yeah. I started, um, you know, I was like, I'm going to try it. You know, I, I like the talk. I would do Facebook lives every once in a while. I was like, I'm just gonna start doing it on YouTube. So, um, I started doing that and really it was more, it was just about everything retro that I like, 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 uh, toys and video games and, you know, movies and stuff like that. And uh, I just started doing that. And then I was like, well, kind of playing around with video editing. Um, and I was really new to that. I literally started on iMovie on my phone. I edited 
90% of the videos on universe retro on my phone with oh, iMovie. Wow. Um, just playing around with wow. that. And yeah, yeah, it is a pain really bad, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I figured it out and um, had fun with it. And so I, I've always been into like documentaries and stuff like that. So I thought I'm gonna start doing like short form, like 20 minute, 15 minute long documentaries on just subjects, random subjects. And um, one of the, or the first one I did was uh, on the Fred Savage movie the wizard and uh i got like great response off of it and i was like i mean it was hard because i did it all like i said on my phone on iMovie on a tiny iphone 10 but uh i did it all on there um had a blast doing it because it's that's my favorite movie in the whole world and uh yeah yeah, it's it's been my favorite movie since i was a kid but um (laughs) i did like a 20 minute long documentary on that and people loved it so i started doing like little short form ones like I don't know, Beetlejuice the animated series and stuff. I did one on that's like seven minutes long or something. I did a like a 20 minute long one on Goosebumps, which was pretty good. Nice. Ooh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. But I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, then for a while I went on, you guys might have seen that, the Wii U quest that I went on to try to collect the full run of Wii U games from the wild. <laughs> yeah, that's no small task. Uh, it, it's not. Like and when I started <laughs> out, I thought it would be a small task because there's not a whole lot of games, but right. you know, they were only released in a short window of time. Um, so, and you really don't find Wii U games in the wild much. Um, but I, I set out to do it. Um, when, when the pandemic hit, I had to take a break and I haven't started back to it, but I'm only about 18 away. So, wow. Um, Holy yeah, crap. Yeah. Not, not too bad. Most of the heavy hitters are in the 18. But so I don't, I don't know how I'm going to ever find them in the wild. So how, how many games does the Wii U actually have in total? Uh, last time I checked, and I might be off a few, about 160. Wow. Holy give or take. Crap. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to. Which, gotta like, when, when you compare it to a system like, I mean, even the, the Nintendo or something, right? Like, the original NES has so many games for it. But, oh, yeah. yeah it's you know, it's still, it's still challenging. It's especially hard to collect games, you know, now because people, people know their worth, and they charge through the roof for them, and, it's, and, yes. and some people don't want to let them go. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, just some of the games um, that when I first started collecting uh, the Wii U games, when I first started, I was like, okay, the most expensive game is going to run me fifty bucks. But now that most expensive game is like in the hundreds. So wow. I mean, yeah, it's just in the course of like a year. The pandemic, honestly. You know, oh made, yeah. Yeah, game prices skyrocket. So what's one uh, of the games you don't have yet? Um, God, let's see. I got a list, but I don't have it up. Um, right, what's I need like a, a must-have? Like a must-have must is Kitty Cruises. That one literally, literally, I found it in the wild twice, and it was just case, no disc. It's I've a Hello Kitty case. game? Hello Kitty Cruisers. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> Mario Kart-style game with Hello Kitty. Um, that sounds adorable. It, it it actually looks cool, and twice, like I said, I found it, and I got the di- I got the case, and I'm like, oh, finally. And I opened it up, and two times, there's been no disc inside. So, <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. And I, I've literally bought both the cases from Goodwill, the empty cases, just because I'm like, well, maybe I'll find a <laughs> new Super Mario Brothers case with Hello Kitty in it, you know, or, or something. Right, like, right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I started doing that on YouTube. Um, and then, you know, I just do stuff like that on YouTube. And uh, then with Universe Retro, when the pandemic hit, um, it changed a lot of stuff for me at my work. I worked for AT&T for many, many years um, as a business rep where I would go out to businesses and tell them, hey, this is what we can do to get your business, that kind of thing, and switch over their lines and all that stuff. 
Um, when the pandemic hit, all that stopped. Um, so they changed my job to where I was working from home. Um, and then I thought that would be cool, but they changed my whole job position to where basically I was a call center rep and I just didn't, that was not what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, so I took my severance from there and decided to go all in to what I had been kind of doing just for fun for many, many years, which is just buying and reselling retro stuff. Um, I decided to go full speed into it. Um, uh, since it, October it, it, of last words, year. Uh, it's also called uh, doing God's work. I, I think so. <laughs> I I'm finding so. things for people that I don't have so. the time to go find it. You know, and um, I, I've been doing it since October of last year. Uh, it's simultaneously the most fun job I could have and the most stressful job um, because it's most fun because I'm dealing with things that I like to deal with. It's every day right, I right. get to get up and go look for things and get surprised by things I actually enjoy. Uh, but on the, the other side, if I don't find anything, I can't pay my bills. So it's like, I really got to find things, you know? Right. Um, so it, it's stressful, but the fun and the uh, being more comfortable and being able to spend time with my family and stuff that, that definitely adds to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much that what is, universe is, retro is. That is really interesting though. The idea that like, you know, you're living the dream, you're doing the thing that you want to do, but then the thing became not fun it's like the thing was the thing because it was so fun wouldn't it be great and then the fun goes away because it becomes a stress like holy crap this right. is now my livelihood everything's on the line so that is very interesting. Uh, that's it yeah when i did it before um you know when i did it before it was just on the weekend i'm off of work and hey i bought this cool thing and like if i sell it cool if i don't sell it it don't really matter right, but right, now it's right, like yeah okay I got to sell it, you know, so right. I need to sell this. Yeah. Buy, <laughs> yeah. buy the damn, uh, Charlotte Hornets snapback, please. Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of want it. It's so cool. I have several. So it's like, it is purple and teal and it's just a badass Hornet. I don't even like the sports ball, Bobby, but I would buy that hat just to wear it. Yeah. What's cool about it is, um, a lot of people that are not sports fans, their favorite sports team is the Charlotte Hornets because of the color. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, it's like an amazing striking. color combo. It's great. Yeah. I mean, and I'm in, I live in North Carolina, so I find that stuff all the time, which is. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was That's really, great. My really cousins big live out the, there. I have, I have friends out there. The early, the early nineties, it was just like one of those teams. It was, well, the early, well, maybe the mid early to mid nineties, like all about the Charlotte Hornets, everybody, even in Massachusetts, even Massachusetts, Okay, like we're an hour from Boston. We have our freaking heads all up our sports teams asses. That's Massachusetts. Right. And I am telling you, man, in the 90s, everybody had a freaking Charlotte Hornets jacket. It was, I did. You know what? I also You're so like right. Ball. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was the, a, older it was, jacket, the old man. logo. Yeah, the old, old logo. logo. Was, oh, my God. I, 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 yes. Yeah, it was teal and purple. Wow. And uh, yeah, I mean, like uh, every everybody everybody loved the Charlotte Hornets, and I don't think anybody actually did, but they loved the logo so much. And I think the team yep. that took over from uh, from there with the same sort of deal was all of a sudden in like '95. Absolutely, everybody was a San Jose Sharks fan? Question mark. <laughs> I remember a lot of uh, Toronto Raptors fans as well for that. Oh, that was a little bit later, but yeah, that was like 90. Yeah. yeah, that was right there. That was like 96. I think they, they became a thing and or 95. Yeah, yeah, it was like their purple color and red. Yep. Yeah. Right. And 
but yeah, there were like certain sports teams that were just cool looking. And then I remember it was really funny because um, the Sh- this is so funny. We're so off topic here, but the Charlotte Hornets were like super popular. <laughs> and then, then all of a sudden everybody started to uh, kind of like, you'd see one or two Georgia tech yellow jackets, like hats would show <laughs> up and it'd be like, Hmm. Gee, I wonder why everybody all of a sudden like gives a shit in Massachusetts about the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. It's like, hmm, well, the fucking mascot looks like it's related to the Charlotte Hornet. So it's just probably that. <laughs> probably. Probably. It, anyway. it could be. I don't it even know where Georgia Tech is. Is it in Georgia? I mean, I assume. I don't know. I never looked it up. Is Georgia Tech in (laughs) Georgia Georgia. or is it like Georgia, Florida? I don't know. There's a Berlin. There's a Florida, New York. I mean, I have no idea. I'm assuming it's Georgia. Mm. Yeah, I think think it's in Georgia. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, you know, agree to disagree. It's fine. Um, So (laughs) awesome, awesome stuff uh, with Universe Retro. It's it's you know, it's been fun getting to know you online, Bobby. And, uh, you know, you, you've been posting as a retroid in the group for some time. And, and, uh, it's always fun checking out your videos. You have a lot. I have watched some of them and, uh, I actually really did like the, the Beetlejuice animated episode. Um, this is, uh, when I, when I saw it, I, I, I couldn't even believe it. Cause it's not like you do a ton of these cartoons. I think that might be the only cartoon there. Um, Mighty I think Max. It might did Mighty be. Max, which I also love Mighty Max. Mighty right. I Max, yep. I haven't watched that one yet. Um, but Beetlejuice was a great cartoon show. I, I really loved that show when it was on. And it's it's one of those things that's just completely forgotten now. Yeah. Oh, it was great, man. And I mean, at the time when it came out, it was everywhere. Like, uh, you know, even in the video, I cover the, the Burger King toys that came yeah. out and the campaign with that. Right, right. Um, and it was one of the leaders of like the, the Fox cartoon block lineup. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it's like, you know, shows based on movies were uh, were never very good. Um, They never lasted more than a season or two. I mean, I think I remember the Teen Wolf cartoon show lasting. Maybe maybe it was on for two seasons, but most of the time they weren't great. Like the Back to the Future show wasn't great. And um, I don't know, like this, this just was really its own thing, like so much its own thing. They, they, it almost had nothing to do with the movie. It's like, I remember oh, seeing yeah, it at first new characters and everything. Yeah. And, and it's like, I remember at first thinking like, I couldn't believe that Beetlejuice and Lydia were friends. That, that was just <laughs> such a weird choice, but it's like, well, I, I, I guess. And you know, the, uh, the Gina Davis, Alan, uh, uh, Alec Baldwin characters weren't in it at all. I can't even remember their names. The mm-hmm. the the main what was their names? The Maitlands or something? Maitland. Or yeah, yeah. That sounds that sounds right. But uh, yeah. Anyway, just a fun aside. But Mighty Max, I got to watch yeah, the, the Mighty the Max Maitland. episode. I love. I love. That was a big one. Mighty Max was big for me when I was a kid. Like I had the toys and the cartoons. I love. It was an awesome game. show. Yeah. Yeah, and it did I mean, the. I didn't um, really grow up with it, but it was awesome. A great show, you know, and there, it, it always had the element of you know learning something, and um, oh yeah, everything was you know I, I, either it was history or it was like world mythology or something, and even if you were only learning about the country, they would make sure that they would go to places that weren't normally represented, and uh, really really mm-hmm. cool. A lot of really awesome 
references to like there's the whole episode that's just the thing you know it's they they have like ice aliens and it's it's just who goes there oh, it's yeah. just the thing um it's it's <laughs> a really really fun show but uh I, we I, we we've talked about it on the show but i've kind of wanted to do uh more of a deep dive on on mighty max actually nintendo is a huge mighty max fan too we used to we used to love that uh so tim you want to you want to take us on to uh our second second topic Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, so so we've talked Universe Retro. Uh, very cool stuff there. Everyone be sure to uh, to go and, and check out the, the store. We will make sure to link, um, you know, uh, the store in the description for this episode and, and whatnot. Get some more people over there if possible from our end of things help out uh, help out a friend absolutely um but yes let's uh let's let's move on to what i i feel like we have to call the main event here yes. i mean uh mom and pop the indie video store boom of the 80s 90s documentary that you are working on and directing uh after you've you've led a successful uh crowdfunding campaign on indiegogo uh bobby can i tell me about this Talk, yeah. talk, talk to us about about this whole brainchild. Yep. So uh, it's called Mom and Pop, the indie video store boom of the 80s and 90s. Um, and what it's about, um, just I'm going to say briefly, and then I'm going to tell you kind of a little bit more about that. Awesome. Um, it's the true story of like the indie stores um, and to even more extent, like the gas stations, tanning salons, stuff like that, that used to rent videos that were really big in the 80s and 90s um, that you just don't see now. Like you don't go and see a tanning salon video store anymore. But they were like literally everywhere at one point. Um, and I kind of got the idea from it. Uh, everybody's talking about the last blockbuster mm-hmm. on Netflix that mm-hmm. came out, uh, the documentary that was really popular. And uh, I watched it and uh, I was like, I had mixed reactions with it. Um, there was a lot of nostalgia, but not for blockbuster. There was nostalgia for the renting of videos. Um, myself and a lot of friends and a lot of people I grew up with and I talked to, we didn't go to blockbuster. Like we, we literally never went to blockbuster. Um, so I had no nostalgia for Blockbuster. You know, I had nostalgia for the the little mom and pop stores that we mm-hmm. ran from because I lived about 30 minutes from the closest Blockbuster. Um, we just never went there. So we always went to the 10 video stores that were closer to us. Um, there was a gas station about a mile from my house that I did most of my renting from. Um, it was like uh, we, we grew up in like a little like kind of kind of country town. Um, there was like one gas station. And then that literally that gas station was also the grocery store. Um, and it was oh. very small. They didn't have like full groceries. They just had like, you know, like a tiny frozen section and then like some milk and bread and stuff you could get and then gas. And then they had one aisle of tapes. And um, oh. I, I swear, I think I rented every tape that they had there <laughs> because they probably only had about a hundred tapes, but you know, as a young kid, that seemed like so many. Yeah. And um dollar to rent we you know i could literally get my dad to run me half a mile down the road to the store to rent a new tape um so when i was watching the last blockbuster you know it bothered me because this store or the rental side of this store and a, a lot of other rental stores that i went to were put out of business by by a blockbuster yes um and you know and even to it's not because they had more business either um i remember and I talked to them more recently too about it. They literally had lawyers contact them and tell them that they can't, they couldn't distribute or they couldn't purchase from distributors anymore. Wow. Um, because that they had exclusive rights for that region. Right. So they couldn't get with a distributor to rent out the movies and they couldn't, 
you know, and a lot of stores did this, but they couldn't like go to Walmart and buy the movie and then rent it because you would get sued for that because um, you didn't have the rights to rent it. A lot of stores did that under the table, of course. Um, but Blockbuster come in and put a lot of stores under um, just to, to get rid of them. Um, and that was something I thought wasn't talked about in the last Blockbuster. Um, you know, that people had a lot of nostalgia, but ultimately when I thought about it, people had nostalgia about renting the movies. They didn't have mm-hmm. nostalgia about the company Blockbuster. Right. Um, and, you know, there are so many mom and pop stores out there that don't, that are not getting the credit that like the store down the road from my house, it was called cat square superette. I guarantee you, if I didn't make this movie and talk about them, nobody would ever talk about them. That's so, yeah, seriously. That's it's, it's so interesting. And, you know, I was actually thinking about this today and, uh, at the end of the episode, we're going to start talking about like our own memories for, you know, mom and pop stores that we, you know, personally remember. But as I was thinking about that, um, I realized that it's like, it, it's just literally what you said. This is one of those weird things where literally it only exists in our brains. I tried to find pictures of, and I remember the name, uh, the name of at least uh, two of them that were in my town where I grew up. Um, and this is, I'm talking, you know, eighties and nineties, same thing. Uh, there, there is not one reference to anything like on the internet. I, I, I couldn't find a single thing. I'm looking for the name of the place, the town, the state, nothing, no pictures, no references on Google, nothing. It's like, it doesn't exist. And you're right. Blockbuster. It's just, you know, I do think there's something to be said for the experience of going to Blockbuster, but that is also the experience of going to any of these. And I know what you're saying. I did watch the last black, the last Blockbuster and it, it is kind of like, okay, well, they're just the, the big mean one, big kid that took over and pushed all the other little ones aside. So that's, of course, getting all the, you know, the, the lion's share of the nostalgia. You know about lion shares because you're Maine. So you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it is this weird thing. There, it doesn't exist anywhere. There's no record of it online. And it feels like there's a record of all human existence, right? That's, that's, it's so easy to think that. Um, but not so right. So There's a web page for everything. It's really, really cool. It's um, it's a great chance. I'm looking forward to actually talking about some stuff tonight with you, and uh, we'll get there. But yeah, it's it's uh, it is one of those things. Nostalgia is big right now. Retro things are big right now. Obviously, our show, we know a little bit about that, and it's uh, it's great. Everybody, you know, remembering what it was like when they were a kid, and all these neat things, and you know, all our properties. We love to you know, geek out over our Transformers and our He-Man and uh, Thundercats and whatever and all this stuff. But it's like, you know, that is one of those weird things like fashion. Absolutely. Look up any stupid fashion thing, any stupid hairstyle, anything like that. Like, yep. Documented these mom and pop video stores. It's like they don't exist. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you're saying nostalgia is big and stuff right now. Um, you know, VHS is also big collecting VHS stuff, especially the horror VHS, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's huge. But then when you go to these people and you say, oh, you've got this big box horror VHS of the deadly spawn, for example, which is kind of uh, an nice. expensive, hard to find. People will be like, oh, yeah, I remember when written that when I was a kid. OK, well, where'd you rent it from? It was a mom and pop store because there was lots and lots of movies that Blockbuster would not allow in their store. Deadly Spawn was one of them. Anything gory, bloody, um, you know, they they censored their videos. Um, yeah. 
Blockbuster even went as far as so, they would allow some horror movies in, but they would have their own Blockbuster version that censored some extra features out, or extra scenes out of them. Um, so they were, and I, I get it. Blockbuster wanted to go the route of being, you know, mass market. You know, they can't yep. have a parents and adult, you know, moms like fussing and complaining about this movie they read. They wanted to keep that to a minimum. I get that 100%. Um, but what was cool about mom and pop was that was like the Wild West. You could do anything at a mom and pop you could rent <laughs> anything to anybody you know um because i know i rented way way horrible movies are way too bad of movies for my age um and the guy behind the counter didn't care he worked at high he was ninth grader you know like at the high school down the road <laughs> yeah right he like he care. he was in the same boat he's like i probably shouldn't see this either really but whatever. exactly yeah it was like so i mean the just the like i said the wild west um We've uncovered so much like during research for this. We found out that literally some mom and pops were money laundering facilities for like, <laughs> yeah, they, they were literally. So with this one, I obviously won't name the name, but we found a video store that was actually it was a video store tanning salon, but they made so little money. And the guy that I talked to who told me the story, as long as I don't give his name away, the way they got their money was he sold steroids to police officers and what? uh yeah oh he sold God. steroids to police officers and he needed a front so he had videos in a tanning salon and that was the front for selling steroids <laughs> oh, to police officers holy shit oh my god this is yeah it, it's wild that's guys wild. Yeah. guys everyone needs to go see everyone needs to see mom and pop everyone needs <laughs> yeah, to see it, this damn documentary there's some there's some juicy juicy hot takes in here <laughs> it's amazing what some all right so it's amazing what some people will tell me and then it's amazing some people will literally be like uh i can't talk about it and i immediately want to know and i'm like please tell me i gotta know like, <laughs> off the record i won't even put it in the movie i just know now you know mm-hmm. but um yeah it, it's amazing some of the stuff we've uncovered already and some of the stuff that we're gonna uncover um to kind of reference back to the last blockbuster lloyd kaufman was in the last blockbuster for like one sentence and he yeah. said he, he, he was in like one one second of it. Yeah, yeah. So when I seen that, I was like, I need Lloyd Kaufman in our documentary. So we announced yesterday we we signed Lloyd Kaufman on. He's actually going to be in our film. So, so awesome. he's going to be able to talk about because he loves mom and pop. Like he loves them because when Toxic Avenger came out, all of his trauma movies came out. They weren't theatrical. Oh, sure. You know, they might have a limited release around New York. But the, the reason they got popular was because of mom and pop, because Blockbuster wouldn't put their movies in their, their stores, you know? So he, he absolutely loves mom and pop and indie stores. So I'm really excited to, to hear what he has to say. Yeah, about that it. is really, ex- really, really exciting. I saw that post yesterday and uh, I, I was I was very excited to, to, to read that. So how did how did it work? How did you uh, contact Lloyd Kaufman to get him in your movie? How, how did you go about doing that? So I'm extremely tenacious when it comes to certain things. Like when I get my mind on something like it, like, I guess it's an OCD thing. Um, I just got to do everything I can to figure it out. So first thing I did was obviously just the easiest stuff was I'm going to get on Twitter and I'm just going to like tweet at him, you know? Sure. Nothing happened. You know, I tweeted at him, nothing, uh, message him, nothing, uh, message him on Facebook, nothing. Um, I'm trying to find like his IMDB emails. I can't find anything that way. And I'm like, how do I get this guy's attention? So I'm not even thinking that my assistant director, Cagney Larkin, he, the last movie he made, uh, Martell's movie madness. Um, it actually got picked up by trauma for their streaming service. 
So I'm like, hey, man, like, did you ever talk to Lloyd? And he's like, no, I never talked to Lloyd, but I know the guy that's in charge of the streaming. I said, can I get his email? I emailed this guy and was like, I'm just trying to get in touch with Lloyd, you know? And he's like, hey, let me get you in touch with his assistant, Tom. So he gets me in touch with Tom. Tom's like, okay, I'll see what I can do to get you, you know, in touch with him and all this stuff. I said, okay, cool. Then he's like, what day do you need him? And I told him when we were going to be on the road. And he's like, oh, he's at a convention. So I'm like, can you tell me what convention he's going to be at? And he's like, sure. So he tells me the convention and I, we completely reworked our road trip um, so that we're at that convention when he's at that convention. And then I messaged him and said, Hey, we, we, we you know, we reworked it. He's like, all right, let me talk to Lloyd. So then he emails me back and he tells me that Lloyd's like, thinks that's awesome that we are that, you know, adamant about, you know, interviewing and that we would change everything around. So he's like, tells us when we're coming in, we're coming in a day early. We're going to meet him day early. Um, sit down and talk with him, probably eat dinner with him that night and then uh, be there the whole rest of the day, the next day at the convention with him as well. So uh, how cool just, is that? Yeah, oh, dude, that is just sweet. So is it, is this being worked into the Southeast Southeast game exchange? Is that the, the con or no, no. Um, so I'll be at Southeast. That is actually the first um, when we start production. Um, so that weekend at Southeast, I'll be there. Um, I'm a guest as Universe Retro, but we're also filming. Um, so, oh, cool. Yeah, Ed, uh, the creator of Echo the Dolphin, he's going to be interviewed for the oh, movie. Oh, so he's cool. One of the so cool. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Super wow. Nice guy. Um, so we're going to interview him while we're there. We're going to interview just a lot of people there because we felt that was um, that was something that a lot of these documentaries that talk about video stores don't talk about. And like, that's the video game side. Like people rented a ton, just as many video games as they did movies. So like, that's important. So we figured Southeast was a great place to talk to people about, you know, video game rentals and where they, yeah. you know, cause I remember renting a Sega Genesis before I had one, you know, I'd go yeah. pay 20 bucks and rent a console totally. and a game yep. for the weekend. Absolutely. So, yeah, was 20 bucks. Um, for, so we're uh, going to start filming that weekend. Yeah. Awesome. Ah, oh, that's that's gonna be a gonna be such a freaking hell of a time, dude. That's amazing. I am yeah, I'm literally uh, so stoked to see this, man. I hope this comes out like I hope it's every you get to do everything you're hoping and dreaming to do because this is just an awesome idea. And I've been um I've been extremely fortunate, man. Um, because when I basically this whole idea started about a month and a half ago, literally. Um, I'm driving home and uh I'm like, man, I've always wanted to do this documentary. I'm just thinking, you know how when you're driving, you're just thinking things. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just thinking about like, I've always wanted to do this documentary. And then I'm like, I should do this documentary. So I think I made a post on Facebook. and was like, I've always wanted to make this documentary. You know, and everybody's like, oh, you should do it. So that night I told my wife about it, you know, and I said, you know, I want to do it. And I kind of sat down and I kind of planned out like, how much could I do it for? And I come up like I could do it for $5,000. So I was like, I'm just going to do an Indiegogo. If I hit $5,000, I'll make the movie in 30 days. Because we, we did it as, as one of those ones that if you don't meet the goal, you don't get any of the money. Because I wanted all or nothing. Like, right, right. I'll That's leave right. it up to fate. If I get 5000 I do it. Um, and I'm telling you, within two days, I had already been contacted by a guy that wanted to produce us. Um, so wow. the producer... Yeah, yeah, we got a producer that um, is literally paying for us to fly to L.A., um, stay in L.A. for a week and film out there. And like he's going to and he's very he wants to say stay quiet until the movie's released. Like we can't he don't want his name yep. out there, but he's very big in the video game collecting scene. 
Um, he wow. is going to be out at Southeast and, and all that. Like, so when the name does come out, people that are in the video game collecting scene will know he's, he's kind of like a big heavy hitter in that scene. Um, but wow. he's like, I've never backed a movie. I've always kind of wanted to, you know, I've yeah. known you for a while and I want to make this happen. So when that happened, I thought, well, maybe something's going, maybe this is going somewhere, you know? And yeah. Then, this is yeah. this. This is sounds like the sort of guy who probably has forty two thousand uh, dollars laying around for a copy of Stadium Events. You know he might. <laughs> <laughs> he might. <laughs> I don't think forty. But um, they, know, he, oh, no. he's like he's like I want to sit down with you for distribution and stuff like that, and try to get it distributed um, on DVD after and all this stuff, and picked up for streaming. And he's like, I I want to help you the whole way. Oh, so man. I'm like. So excited yeah, out of the blue, man. Like so excited. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's making your dreams come true. You know, it's like finding these people that you just jive with and, and are on the same wavelength and, and want to, you know, take your project the extra mile. It's like, oh man, that's the best. Right. It really is. It really is. And and our crew's small. Um, because like originally when I started this, I was gonna have no crew. I was just gonna do literally by myself everything. And um then, like, while I'm doing this, my buddy Cagney, who I was talking about, was like, hey, if you need any help, I'd love to help, blah, blah, blah. And I started looking at it, and I was like, I'm going to have to have at least one other person, you know. So what I ended up doing was uh, getting him on as my assistant director and camera. He's, he does all the camera work and mics and all that. Um, and he said he just wanted to come on board so that I could – he can worry about all the background stuff, and I just worry about talking to these people, getting out what I need of the interviews and stuff like that. Right. And then uh, I'm bringing my buddy Tim and he's just going to document everything behind the scenes so that we have all the behind the scenes pictures and videos and fun stuff oh, to kind of release. That's smart. Yeah. I always wonder about that. You know, when production studios and stuff, they release all this behind the scenes footage way later. And it's like, they must just have some guy recording everything just in case, you know? No, yeah. And my biggest thing for that is um, since I went with the Indiegogo, I, I was really kind of apprehensive about doing Indiegogo because I hate to ask people for money. But I thought, you know, I don't have the extra money to just make this movie. So I wanted to do perks and stuff for people to get something for their money. Um, and the way I looked at it was if they're giving us the money, the least we can do is document every step of the way. So on the Facebook, on the Twitter, every single day we're on, on the road filming and stuff. We're going to be going live. Uh, my buddy's going to be posting up behind the scenes stuff so that people can, that have donated can literally be there the whole way. And they can see everything as it's being you know done. Yeah. Right. Yeah, take them along for the ride. Exactly. So I have a question. Um, this is something I, uh, again, thinking about it today, I was, uh, I kind of ran into this, and I'm, I'm wondering how you are able to, uh, to do it because obviously you're going all around. You're, you're finding these, these places that you didn't grow up with. You're going all to all mm -hmm. these different places. Now I can't even remember the names of some of the places that I went to that I I'd still want to talk about anyway, but it's like, Oh, I have a vague memory. I was probably eight. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't. Anyway. And then it closed and it was gone. Uh, and you know, it's like, well, well, how do you find out what that was called? How do you, re how do you research it? Even the ones I remember the names of don't have any record online. So how, how do you, uh, do you, do you do it? How do you find all these places? Do you just kind of interview people? and ask if uh, if they have memories uh, growing up or, or like, you know, what's the process yep. of finding that? That's a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of it. Um, and what really helps is that I'm, I'm a VHS collector. I've dealt with VHS and collected VHS since I was in high school. 
Um, I started working at a video store when I was in high school and I got obsessed with collecting, you know, videos. Um, and I've, so I mean, over 20 years, I've been collecting videos. So what helps is when I buy videos, a lot of times they're X rentals. They will have the sticker on there of the name of the video store, their address, their phone number. Um, so that kind of starts me in the right path. Um, mm -hmm. What also helps is that being in the VHS community for so long, um, I've developed a lot of friendships. I've become members in, of groups um, that are people just like me. Like I can name... Uh. I can name the five video stores I went to when I was a kid. I can tell you their name. I could literally drive you to where the building used to be because I, I just went there so much. Um, and I've met people that literally think the same way I do. They're like, oh, here's what it was called. I even know who owned it. Here's their name. So uh -huh. really, it's reaching out to these communities um, on Facebook that really helps. You know, just mm -hmm. making a post saying, hey, what video stores did you go to? You know, send me a message if you've got any info. I've had friends that have messaged me you know pictures of the old places that they had or old ads or stickers from the labels and stuff and really that's what it is we're going on um on our road trip uh for eight days our first road trip's eight days leaving from north carolina going all the way up to maine all the way over toward kentucky and chicago and back down and um every person that we interview i've kind of told them hey do you know where some old video stores are even if they're not open anymore so we've mm -hmm. kind of got them already got it lined up like when we get there they're going to take us to these places so we're going to hit several video stores along the way um and then i've got multiple video stores around where i live in north carolina uh where cagney lives in south carolina that we're going to hit over the course of september and october um and talk with the the past owners and stuff like that but yeah it's just honestly reaching out to the community is the biggest form of research that i've found successful so far that's really, really smart. Honestly, really cool, like, yeah. I feel like that's something that's so overlooked is leveraging that, like, you know, the, the hive uh, intelligence of like, okay, everyone out here who are all into the same thing, someone out there, you, you know, you know, this place or you remember this place or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's awesome. Cause now you have all these great uh, stopping points along your journey and, and all kinds of cool, you know, insider info and and you know firsthand accounts of these places that you know you would never you would never know about otherwise or maybe would overlook yeah it, it's a lot of possibilities have opened up uh, because of it. it's pretty awesome that's nice. way cool man that is way cool um yeah yeah, yeah, I I am. I mean, so, it's like I knew about this. I was aware of it, and then you reached out to us to be on the show, and and uh, you know, it. I didn't realize how excited I was gonna be to see this until, <laughs> like, just now talking to you about it. Like, I thought it was a great idea, and I did see the last blockbuster, but you're right. You stumbled upon something that is not done, is not talked about, and deserves its place in the sun and its place in the annals of history. Absolutely. Uh, I firmly believe in what you're doing, man. This is uh, very exciting stuff. I, I literally cannot freaking wait to see this. That's awesome, man. I, I love it because that, that's just how excited I am. Like I'm making the movie, but I'm also super excited to see the final result. You know, like I can't wait. I'm, I'm really excited just to sit down with people and talk to them, you know, um, because I, I just love finding out, you know, when you find something that you're interested in, 
you probably watch videos and research it and all kinds of stuff. You just want to know everything there is to know about it. Go down the rabbit hole. Exactly. And and that's how I am. I want to, when I heard about the steroid thing, for example, with the police, yeah. I was like, right. Oh my God. I want to like, find Oh my God. This. Yeah. I'm like, right. did I you see his details here? So and now insane. I'm wondering how many other mom and pop stores had weird, <laughs> weird I'm worried. stuff going on. Oh, really? Cause I'm wondering how many other police officers in the area were roiding it up. <laughs> you know i, I mean, didn't know that was a thing business, so it had to be it had to be a good yeah. seller you know <laughs> i just no, i'm just saying uh wow that's uh that's awesome stuff though, man. <laughs> so good luck with that good luck at uh you know with your your big filming tour this this uh it's gonna start this fall correct so you got the summer and pre-production it, it at, so we're in pre-production until southeast southeast is the weekend of july 10th so oh, july so, 10th is our official oh, start okay. date um, I, I thought that yeah, was, so I we'll, thought it was later we'll start that week. Yep. Yeah. It's July 10th. So we got a couple weeks, few weeks. Um, then we'll start then. Then we're back for about two weeks and then we start our eight week. I mean, our eight day road trip um, starting on July 29th and we come back August 6th. Um, then we're back for 10 days and we leave on August 16th for LA. We fly out and we're out for the week um, for a whole week in LA. Then we fly back. Then we're at Mad Monster Party Expo for the whole weekend filming um, first week of September. And then it's every week we are out locally, North Carolina, South Carolina, hitting these uh, video stores and talking to these owners. We hope to be done by end of October and then start editing. Oh, wow. Oh, man, that's great. You know, you're kind of so front loading cool. it with a bunch of travel, a bunch of different things, and then keeping it more local, keeping it closer to home and splitting yep. up the journey that way. That's what we're awesome. trying to do, you know, try to get try to get all the uh, the travel out. Well, I'll be honest with you. I've got kids. I'm trying to get all this travel out before they start back to school um, and then do the local stuff. So that, that's kind of the plan behind that. Nice. Uh, I had never Great. heard of Mad Monster Party Expo before, but uh, I'm just looking it up now. And damn, this looks awesome. Uh, great guest list so far this year. Have you been before? It's in, it's in the NC. Yeah, yeah. I've um so I've been a few times I think God, it's probably been almost probably been running for about 10 years and uh, I went to about three or four of them mm -hmm. um, but usually they're in like February March this is the first year they're going to do a second one um, which is in September which lined up perfect you know with perfect. us needing to get interviews a lot of people out there going to this convention that will be this nice. will be right down their alley. I'm sure they 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 rent a videos. Nice. Uh, that's that's really fun. I uh, I'm always keeping my eye open for horror cons because I do them. So uh, it's uh, it's oh, nice. you, know, you know it's always fun to find new ones. But also uh, we went from feast to famine in Massachusetts in in one year. We had uh, five or six decent horror cons some of them were long running and uh we're, we're down to like nothing there they add Whoa. there's one new one that's starting up uh and we uh, i'm gonna be there with rough house publishing but uh you know it's it's literally nothing now so we're how ha we're well, having I mean, to find yeah, new yeah, yeah. new cons and uh this this actually looks really really cool yeah mad monster um it, i mean it always packs out it is always absolutely packed um, they always have great celebrities. Um, it's it's always a really great time there. Um, they usually don't allow recording or filming, um, but I'm I'm buddies with one of the guys that does the film festival, and I reached out to him and was like, "Is there any way we can allow filming?" 
Um, you know, I'm not going to bug people. I'm not going to go film the celebrities without them, you know, allowing it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go about it the proper way. Um, so he's like, let me see what I can do. He reached back out to me and we're literally the only ones that are allowed to film that whole oh, weekend. That's so um, cool. Kidding. Exclusivity. Yeah. Nice. Exclusivity. Um, and, you know, we're, we're literally full access to anywhere we want to go the whole weekend. Because what they do is they have this thing called, um, it's a play on VIP. It's called RIP. Mm-hmm. And uh, people can buy a pass for the whole weekend. They have like a party on Saturday night, I believe it is. Oh, um, those only are the, the RIPs are invited. Yep. And then the celebrities go out there. It's like a party for the celebrities and yeah. the like important people. Um, so we're allowed to go in there. Like we're literally allowed full access all weekend. So I'm pretty pumped about it. I think it, some good stuff's going to come out of it. Oh, that's that's so badass. I, uh, I think no, so. I there's nothing so. more that's fun great. than that freaking after party at a con oh man it's the best uh, oh yeah absolutely uh, very very fun um awesome dude uh so i think i think uh at this point we've uh we've been talking people's ears off for about an hour uh so <laughs> if you if you want if you're good there i think i think we covered a lot with uh universe retro and uh also the awesome documentary man i i just i just cannot wait to see mom and pop the indie video store boom of the 80s 90s um but so like, let's, let's chat about some of our memories, uh, some of the places we recall, yeah. you know, uh, now 8-Bit, I know that you have a, one big one. I do. I do. I mean, I, you know, I grew up in, in a town that had like, you know, two, two video store chains, you know, really popular ones. There's the obvious Blockbuster. We had two um, Blockbusters. We had two Blockbusters where we were uh in massachusetts and uh the other one that was always nearest and dearest to my heart was uh was a store called nap video and uh and nap video was just like that's uh, a k-n-a-p-p k-n-a-p-p yeah Uh, good luck finding you know much of anything about (laughs) about it you know i i think it was there was a a few locations it wasn't just a one-off but um they they were just the absolute greatest people ever. You know, like the guy who was behind the cash register was the guy, his you know, his name was Brian. Brian, he owned the place. Like, like he was like, he was the manager. Just, he was the manager. Yeah. He, he was in charge of a lot and, you know, he was able to kind of, you know, pull some strings and whatnot. And, uh, and, you know, I mean, you would go in there, you would be able to get, you know, you rent you rent a movie rent a movie or two you bring it up to the counter the guy goes you know what why don't you go go back out and grab a third one for free just you know for the hell of it and just you know just to be polite and and you know endear you to them and i remember there was a number of times where i you know i got a game or something like that and you know i brought it home and if if it didn't work or something like i could bring it back i could rent something new and then they would also give me a free rental like they frequently would would let us you know buy their merchant you know their uh their stock if like a movie or a game or something was going to be phased out or whatever mm-hmm. you know they they would just be like yeah you know you can you can come on in and and pick this one out um you know, it was just, it was such an incredibly great store. I remember going there all the time, all the, yeah. all the time. And just looking through every single aisle, you know, like every possible yeah. thing. I remember every they week. had, absolutely they had um, 
the box for uh, Earthbound on the Super Nintendo, which is like this massive box that has the strategy guide in it and stuff. It's like huge. Now, I remember they had that in their Super Nintendo section and it was standing on top of the, you know, the racks of, uh, of games. Um, I, there was like this, uh, this really great example of, of what not to do when you leave a videotape in your car. It was like a copy of American Werewolf in London and it was all melted to shit. And they were like, please don't leave your VHS tapes in the hot sun. Thank you. You know, don't be a douche. Like don't do this. Right. Right. Or just even not to be forgetful. And and it was just great because they made an example of it. And, you know, clearly it was like one of their movies that this had happened to. <laughs> right, right. And they turned it into like a, a right. learning moment and stuff. And uh, yeah, you know, I mean, that that kind of experience, like it was it was a size that was closer to something like a like a blockbuster. Yeah, it was but big. the the it was a pretty good size, but the people there were so nice. Yeah, so you nice. know, like just I, just incredible. I remember also that um they would uh they would uh sometimes when they would take the posters down from the the windows or whatever, they would they would sell them. They started to sell them, but they would oftentimes give us posters for free. Like it'd be like, oh, oh yeah. I just took a stack down. You can look through them and take whatever you want. Cause we went there every single week. And uh, uh, I remember uh, specifically, I remember two for sure. We got the poster for the shadow with Alec Baldwin. And also, <laughs> uh, also I remember we, uh, we also snagged the Batman forever poster from nap video. Ooh, yes. Cause well, uh, see that that's yeah. something like you guys are like with mom and pops when most of the time when you had a mom and pop or indie video store, they, they had that video store because they actually liked movies. They, yeah. they liked renting movies, talking about movies and stuff. Um, you know, blockbuster was this entity, you know, like, like they were all, they were about money. Like, yeah, of course, Solus co- were, but Solus corporation, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it really else. is. So when you would go into mom and pop, they would give you a poster for free Where blockbuster. They'd be like, well, we have to throw them away. Or we can't right. sell these like, or the... something because of promotion, you know. Why? Give it to me. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, like that's what I really loved about the mom and pops that I went to was you got to know the people, you know, you knew who owned them. Like I knew who owned my the store I rented from. I went to school with their daughter, you know, like, like I mean, it was a small like everybody's all about support small businesses right now. They were small mm-hmm. businesses, you know. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Yep. And and now, you know, there's not really that that avenue for supporting those types of small businesses because these, you know, a lot of these video stores have kind of gone by the wayside. You yep. know, I mean, yeah, at least in you know, our area, it's a uh, dead in, in Massachusetts area, there's there's nothing there. And I mean, I, I feel like you could scroll Netflix for a hundred hours trying to figure out something to watch. But I've, you know, I, I think something about just being there in the store and just picking something up and going for it. Like it almost kind of just like, yeah. like there's a lot to look at, but it almost just let you kind of just grab something and, and go for it, you know? And yeah. And sometimes so honestly, the right thing. Yeah. And like, there's something to be said for disappointment. Like you would sometimes go and you're like, Oh, I really want to rent a showdown little Tokyo. Starring Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee. That's what I want to rent tonight. And you're like, oh, well, I know they have uh, one copy of Showdown in Little Tokyo. So I go over and I'm like, it was out last week. And it's like, God damn it. 
it's out again. What the fuck? I just want to watch Showdown Little Tokyo. And then so both of those times you're like, oh, I guess I'll rent some Mark Dacascus movie. I don't fucking know. And then like, you know, three weeks total before you get to finally get there and like, oh, my God, the copy of Showdown and Little Tokyo was in. I am so excited. Like that experience <laughs> does not exist. There is none. There's nothing like that. Right. It's right. <laughs> There's something to right, be like said the, for the fervency not... for like, oh, we're all competing to rent the same right. movie. It feels like you oh, you yeah. won a prize. You you did something good. You you accomplished something. And also, you know, it's it's something to be said for non-instant grat- gratification. It's like, oh, you actually had to, it feels like you had to work for it. It's funny. But right, it, uh, right. I don't know. It's uh it's interesting. The, the only thing that's similar is uh if if there was something on streaming you know was there like five minutes ago and it's gone now. That that does piss me off. I, I have to say that does piss me off. <laughs> I have right. to say, like, and, oh yeah, I should watch that movie. I know it's on Netflix. What the fuck? Where is it's it? Gone. Well, it's what gone. about what about it's when you would go to the video store and go to the horror section? Um, yeah. The horror section with the covers, like I would get scared as a kid just yeah. looking at the covers. Like I didn't yeah. even watch the movie, and I was I was mm-hmm. scared in the yeah. horror section. You know exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's its own little haunted horror house, yes. right? Like I I yeah. didn't really get a chance to watch those movies as a kid at all but yeah I, I there's certain films that they're you know their cover is uh just ingrained in my brain yeah uh, mm-hmm. like uh the howling actually is one yeah. of those movies that i remember thinking the the cover for was so gruesome and mm-hmm. it looked like she's ripping through skin and i'm like uh you know it's like never seen that movie <laughs> i well, actually even the horror sections i'm sorry go ahead oh no go ahead go ahead bobby I was just going to say the horror sections, they were always like in the dark back corner of the video store too. They were never like up front and the the fully lit. Yeah. You like always felt like you were kind of all by yourself. Yeah. It's one step away from behind the curtain. It's right in front of the curtain. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, The one that, the one that always got me, because I actually had a lot of those. I would, I would drift through secretively through the horror section as a kid. And my, my mom and dad never really, uh, rented horror at all but i'm a i'm a huge horror fan um and yeah it uh there were a few of them that just every time i would make sure i went and and looked at that cover and they fascinated me they scared me i couldn't imagine what it would be like to see the movie um the biggest one by far that's coming to mind is a movie called in the company of wolves and oh this gosh, was that wolf on the front. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a guy who is transforming into a werewolf, but the wolf knows it, and the snout is protruding from his, his mouth. So the wolf actually comes out oh, of the guy in the transformation yeah. in the movie. Covered, so he doesn't yeah. become the wolf. The wolf exits him. And it is a really fucking gross transformation in that movie. Uh, yeah, by the way, it's like you, body you horror stuff. Uh, I know it's a little late to, to say it. You can swear if you want, Bobby. Just just fucking let it loose. Okay. <laughs> but uh, let him fly. But uh, yeah, that one, that one absolutely like go look up in the company of wolves. That cover haunted me. But it, not, not that I was scared of it. I was I was absolutely fascinated by it. And uh, I remember right. so my my mom and my mom and dad wouldn't really rent that stuff, but I had this one aunt and she loved like bad horror specifically. She loved mm-hmm. bad horror. And Tim, I so Tim and I are brothers, uh, eight bit alchemy, but he's a lot younger than I am. So like we had some different experiences. Uh, so this was when aunt Sandy was, uh, 
way when I was a ki- little kid, she never really did this later in life, but I had a lot of times where I was okay. over her house and we would go rent bad horror. Like it always, it, she loved the, as bad as you can possibly get. And uh, like, I remember seeing uh, <laughs> that movie terror vision with her. Like she rented. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Terror vision. Yep. Yeah. That was an odd Sandy movie. So I remember there was, there was stuff that she would rent that my mom would never, ever rent. And I, I was kind of obsessed with like the werewolf stuff. Like that's what I always wanted to see. And I think it's because like the, the covers tended to be really provocative. Like, you know, they, they were either extra, they showed you the monster. They showed you part of the monster or, you know, something, but I yeah, remember they were up front. Yeah. And I remember feeling like I, I, I shouldn't watch this. I, I'm definitely not old enough for this. But I remember there was a movie called I think it's just called My Mom's a Werewolf. And the cover is yep. she's like, it's just her like, it's like the Mrs. Robinson sexy leg, but it's like she's shaving it because she's it's all hairy and she's turning. Into a <laughs> but it's still somehow weirdly sexy. Like, I don't know. It's it's just this bizarre thing. And so I was again, I was like fascinated by this image. And I remember one time uh, we were there. Oh yeah. So I say there. So I do want to mention this place. I don't remember the name of it. Now we uh, just a little side note. We didn't have the experience in Massachusetts of like gas stations. um, But we did have some other businesses that had rental facilities in them. Usually I find, I find, and uh, Tim, I don't think would remember this. This was more like, 80s before he was born but uh definitely in the basement it it always felt like well we're gonna do a side hustle downstairs throw some tapes on the Mm -hmm. wall um and we definitely had one in my town that was like that and i actually actually that is the place i rented uh mega man for the very first time the first mega man oh and uh, i also remember uh weirdly i remember distinctly renting the ralph bakshi wizards movie uh, which I was definitely too young for uh, and didn't understand and went back to watch later. And I was like, wow, there's like way more swearing and nudity in this than I remember, but I don't know. It's, it's funny how you block <laughs> stuff. But um, so, you know, there was a, there was some rental store that was near where my aunt lived and it was definitely in the basement of some like electronic store, specifically like a standalone electronic store not attached to a mall or anything like that and i know they sold like tvs and also other appliances uh but we would just go straight down into the basement uh in the shame department you go straight down uh into the shame department and like they had the best horror they had horror movies i had never seen anywhere else at any of the other even the mom and pop stores this is before blockbuster and i remember like being like fucking fascinated i was a kid in a candy store i was like my eyes were just feasting absolutely everywhere there were all these new images i had never seen before that i couldn't see that i wasn't allowed to watch the movie but but then i i eventually got up the courage you know because we used to go there a lot me and you know my aunt would take uh, me and my cousins and uh yeah it, it was there was eventually i was like so uh could could we like rent maybe like a horror movie and i think that was at the beginning <laughs> like when we didn't hadn't done done it yet and uh, and she's like, yeah, you know, it, it depends on the movie, but, you know, like, show me what, what do you think? And I remember asking her if we could rent that my mother's or I think it's my stepmom's a werewolf. Maybe that's what it's called. Do you know what I'm talking about, Bobby? Yeah, I do. Um, the lady shaving her leg. I, I know the cover because she's got like the hairy wolf leg. Yeah, it's called my mom's a werewolf. It's yeah. just my mom's yeah. a werewolf. OK, so we uh, yep. 
we rented we rented it she's like yeah sure i don't care and i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe it it was like absolute mind-blowing like i just (laughs) scammed the system like i can't believe this my my parents are gonna like like kill me but i don't care and we watched this movie and john saxon is in it he's actually the werewolf and uh it's uh it's terrible it's not a good movie but uh also also it has like the guy who was in family ties as like the older sisters like justine bateman's boyfriend in family ties is is totally in that movie and uh and John Saxon is the fucking werewolf. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's awful. But I I mean, I just that was a hell of an experience. Like so I always wanted to go there every time I went over her house. I'm like, can we go rent a movie? Can we go to that place? And it was just this, this weird, <laughs> this weird place in the basement in the shame section. And uh, I, I also remember that is the only store of all the video stores that I knew of that had the game Dino Wars for NES. Oh, is, no way. Which is shit, <laughs> but I was excited because it's robots and dinosaurs, two of my favorite things ever. So it has to be the best game ever, right? But they had it See, and I rented it. And you know, I've got a, I've got a similar experience. Um, so we went to this one video store at one point that was half, it was half a uh, tanning salon and half a video store. It was called Village Video and Tanning. And um, it was kind of, there was like the rental counter was in the middle and on the right side was all the tanning beds. Uh, or the tanning bed rooms and on the left side was video store. So my mom had been in the tanning at that point. My mom didn't care about horror movies. Like she was like fine with it. So she let me rent whatever. I was probably about eight or nine at this point. So mom's like, I'm going to go in tanning. I'm going to be in here for 15 minutes. You walk on the video store side, find you a movie. And you know, when I get out, I'll, we'll check out and we'll go. So I'm like, all right. So I said, can I get a scary movie? She's like, yeah, go ahead. So I'm walking around and I see the, you know, the back adult room with the curtain. So I'm like, oh, my mom's not with me. I'm going to pop my head in there and just see what it looks like, you know? <laughs> so I had been in there a million times and looked at the horror movies, and they had cool horror movies, you know? But uh, I'd never looked in that room, so I popped my head in that curtain. What I realized now that I didn't in is they had adult movies, but on one side they had horror movies that the covers were too gruesome. Oh. Like, they'd be, like, really bloody and gory. Like, they'd have um, Cannibal Camp Out, where the cover is a guy literally eating the guts out of a girl's stomach right on the front. Uh, five five five, which is just a severed head on the front, like these really gory ones they put in there. So I'm like, oh my god, what are these movies? Like I've never seen this, you know. So you know, as a kid, I popped my head in, seen it, was like, oh my god, then jump back out because I figured everybody was looking at me. I was like scared, you know. So I'd walk around and I'd pop my head back in and keep doing that. So um, I saw Cannibal Camp out. That was the one that was kind of lower to the ground that I could reach, and it had like the guy eating the guts out of the girl's stomach, you know. If you've never seen the cover, you gotta Google Campbell Camp out. It's insane. I just looked at it. That's uh, that's pretty insane. He's just yeah. he's just chowing down. Yeah, it, it's an insane cover. So I'm like, like it was one of those ones that you have the box and then you have the VHS in a clear clamshell behind it, and you would take uh-huh. the tape out. Yep, yeah. yeah. and then and take it up there. So I'm like, okay, if I can grab this tape and just walk around, I'll just lay it up on the counter when mom gets out, and like she won't, maybe she won't even look at it, you know. <laughs> so I like pop in there i grab it and i'm walking around and i've got it like under my arm so because i'm just so worried that somebody's gonna walk by and look at the title and be like yeah cannibal camp out this kid's got cannibal camp out you know what the what the hell is this kid doing you're like yeah. no it's nothing i just put the front cover it's just face it's just down porn mom it's, it's just porn don't worry about it exactly. it's just weird butt stuff right. it's fine <clears throat> that's it but uh i grab it and i stick it in my arm and then i run over to the kids section and i stand in front of the kids section like it's from there my mom comes out and she's like you ready to go i was like yeah i got a movie 
and then like I put it up there. <laughs> Not my mom doesn't look at the title. The girl behind the counter doesn't look at the title. Checks it out to me. I go home and I'm like, "Can I watch this movie in my room?" And mom's like, "Yeah, that's fine." I literally went home at eight years old and watched Cannibal Camp out in my room and was like, <laughs> "This is amazing! Like, this is incredible." Yes. So. I did it many more times after that because I realized that if my mom was in there tanning, I could run in and grab it. Yeah. So I saw so I saw like Cannibal Camp Out, Five Five Five, Lunch Meat. Lunch Meat has got this big hillbilly guy on the front cover eating an arm. So like that's a really gory one. Um, if you guys remember Zombie on Wizard Big Box, yeah, yeah. has the it's called yeah, it's got just the the rotten you know maggot like corpse like yep. zombie head on the front. Yep. Like I would run in there and I'd grab a tape and run back out, and I did this for probably the, over the course of like a year and rented every one of those movies. Um, you know, cause at eight years old, I could have grabbed a porn, but I wasn't thinking about that at eight. I wanted to grab these gory horror movies. You right. Know? Like, like porn is porn is kind of straightforward. You're like, okay, yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you, it's you maybe right something I haven't cusp. seen before, but this other stuff, you're like, this is taboo. Like, this is <laughs> right. like, like I'm scared if my mom sees yeah. this. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Well, I got Hollywood chainsaw hookers. I remember renting that when I was like nine. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that was very borderline. But I remember like I would go in my room and I'd have my, my remote in my hand with my finger on the power button. Just so to be able to kill I, it. Yep. As soon as somebody walked in that door, I was like, I'd hit it, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, dead, dead. You know? Like it could have been like, you know, a creak in the floorboard downstairs and you're like, done. It's and that would have been totally believable for whoever from the wall, walked man. in the room. It would have <laughs> been like, oh, nothing weird just happened. You're like, what, what, what? Your, your, your fingers like still on the power I, button. You're like, what mom? What? I was just sitting here watching uh, <laughs> off screen. And she's screen. like, did, did, you rent, the, did you rent, did you rent totally weird butt stuff while you made again? And you're like, no mom. And you're like, no, you're like, yes, mom. Yeah. That's all it is. It's just that. Yeah. That's so it. I Pay no that. attention. That's, that's fine. Pay no attention to the chainsaw hookers. <laughs> uh, that's really funny. So you have a completely other level of bad horror movies than I experienced as a kid, because uh, the places up here just didn't carry that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, if they did and it was behind the curtain, I just never got to go behind the curtain. So I guess I, oh, I yeah. guess maybe there was stuff back there like that that I didn't see. But um, uh, but yeah, I definitely uh, definitely had that same sort of experience, basically. But always the horror, always just it, and it was it was the forbidden fruit. For me, like you got to scan the system, you figured out a way. But like even there were even limits to what my aunt would rent. She wouldn't rent cannibal holocaust or whatever like you know she's <laughs> you know not running any lucio I remember yeah i remember renting faces of death oh, when yeah. i was eight because i didn't know what it was sure like i was like oh what is this and i went home and i saw like if you've seen faces of death um there's the part where they have the monkey and they're hitting the monkey in the head and eating the brains out of it and i was like what is this? Like, I, I think I really was traumatized for like a week from that. Yeah, I, um, I never have watched it. I don't know. It's all fake, right? Most, I'll tell you, the first one, most of it is fake. There's a few things that are real, but most of the first one is fake. Um, as a kid, though, you don't know that. Though, yeah. And it blew my mind. I mean, every kid I knew said it was real. Every single yeah. person that I, I know. I 100% thought it was real when I was a kid. Yep. <clears throat> so clearly, lunch meat was also a... It was a series. So Lunch Meat is a magazine from Josh Schaefer now. But if you look up just Lunch Meat from like 1987 or something like that, mm -hmm. you'll see um, it's like a big hillbilly guy. I think in overall is just eating an arm. Hmm. 
it, the director is Kirk Alex, if that helps any. Find yeah, I, I was able to find it on, on Google. Okay, cool. Oh, okay. I there's see a couple different uh, covers, but yeah, the guy eating the arm. Mm-hmm. And then there's one where he's just holding severed arm. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I think I, um, I think there's like an edited cover too, where it just has like his face with a noose or something. That's oh that's yes, the one I was yep, seeing I see that first. one too. That one kept coming out. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, the bloody one with the arms where it's at. Though. That's the one that I remember seeing. Yeah, oh, so funny. Um, we did have uh, we did have a stop and shop. Uh, I don't know if you guys have stop and shops down there. I have no idea. No, I've never heard of it. Probably you probably probably got the Piggly Wiggly. Did you got the Piggly Wiggly? I do, yeah. We do have Piggly Wiggly. Uh, you got you got the uh, the lion. What's the lion one? The uh, food lion. Food lion. <laughs> it's the stupidest name. Yep. Food. Yeah, we've got food lion. <laughs> it's pronounced food Leon. It's like a mech. <laughs> um. Yeah. So so we have a we have a just a grocery store chain stop and shop, and uh, which is it's it's handy. It's instructional. Uh, but uh, there was one that actually had a video section, and it was the only uh, grocery store that that had a video section um, that I knew of, and that was that was a fun place to go. And you would uh, you would be able to buy stuff, and they always had the big huge plastic clamshell box, like you said. So we actually have mm-hmm. uh, some, I don't know, VHS, but also video games we had bought that still have that. Actually, my favorite of all time. And Tim knows what I'm, and I'm just going to let Tim say it. 8-Bit, what's my favorite video game that I got from Stop and Shop? Um, Castlevania Bloodlines. Castlevania Bloodlines. So, so I have, I have yep. the Castlevania Bloodlines in the big clamshell from Stop and Shop from those days. And it's just such a perfect yeah, memory. Big and that blocky was... <laughs> plastic, like, yeah. you know, case. And you're like, well, well, technically I have a case. It's complete yeah. in a No, box, it's cool. I don't it's care. It's mine. I'm never going to sell it. It's fine. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And it, and it has to be said that Nintendo was the one who uh, gifted that to me as a kid. It was like a birthday present or something. Um. Fun well, stuff. you guys remember the Nintendo ones, right? Like the eight-bit Nintendo ones that oh, yeah. was clear, and they'd have like just the Nintendo. Like those things were. Like, yes, yes. Yeah, we had a few of those. We had yeah, Bucky I have. O'Hare I have Bucky O'Hare in that. Oh, yeah, nice. I had bought it online somewhere, and uh, that's what that's what they shipped it in. They get, they literally. It's I have the loose cart to Bucky O'Hare for NES, and it's in like the NES version of the clamshell that you're talking about. Yeah, those things. I love those things. Like anytime, like I see those out, I buy them because they just they look cool to me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just this weird extra. It's like, I don't know. It's just a more specific level of fandom. It's it's like another level of geekery. Like this is also yeah. in and of itself its own thing that I think is cool and nostalgic. Like a se- separate from the game itself. It's like, but this came from a store like that. This came from a mom and pop for sure. And I, I just I just love it because I actually hated I hated at block actually. When they start, when Blockbuster became a thing, I remember being like outraged that all the freaking Blockbuster cases just look like Blockbuster. I oh, yeah. hated that. I loved bringing home the, the, the clamshell case with the actual sleeve and like reading it in the car and getting all excited about it. Even after you see the movie, you got it like that. I don't know. It's just, it's just part of it. And then they just sort of, you know, whitewashed everything and it just became this sterile, everything's just blockbuster logo. So I remember renting games um, and they, if like a lot of times if you got them fairly new, they'd ha- they still have the instruction manual. They put it in there with the game. Mm-hmm. And, like me and my buddies would rent, like I remember renting Mortal Kombat 4 on Nintendo 64 and uh, 
it had just like it was like the day it came out and we yeah. went and rented it and on the way back it had the instruction manual in there and we just sat in the back of the car just reading the instruction manual like so stoked about it and you're like i'm gonna be fujin oh i can't wait to be fujin yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're like what oh, raiden has but, a yeah, has like, a bro like i want to be raiden's bro <laughs> I'm, I oh, already thought I was so Raiden's bro, <laughs> but now I'm biologically his bro. I, I liked I liked Mortal Kombat four. I, I rented it one time and had a damn that was that's what I call like a perfect rent. I didn't like it enough to buy it. I didn't like it enough to rent it a second time, but I really mm. enjoyed that rent. It was perfect. It's exactly what I want to rent. Like, the, uh, yep, it's like a perfect little fun weekend of playing that game. A great memory. Had a great time, and I, and I'm done with it. It's good. It wasn't that good, but it was my. Uh, I I never owned a Sega Genesis growing up. I mm-hmm. always had like a Super Nintendo around that time. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd always want to play Splatterhouse three though. Oh yeah. So I'd go pay like ten bucks, and then I'd rent Splatterhouse for the weekend. And I would just like, it was like once a month I would rent. I probably spent so much money I could have bought a Sega Genesis and Splatterhouse 3. But uh, that was like, man, I, my mom and dad was like, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to go rent a Sega Genesis play Splatterhouse 3 all week. <laughs> like, I would do that so much. It was insane. Oh, my God. That and like the Genesis, crazy. when you rent it, it was in this giant suitcase. This giant like plastic suitcase that you had to carry around. <laughs> I, it was also I, like a theft protection device. You just smash someone it. in the face with it. You know, yeah, trying to rob much, you. Yeah. yeah, we we had we had both, and then later I got the TurboGrafx 16, but um, only because there was this crazy deal at Toys R Us. I think I paid like 50 bucks for the TurboGrafx, and it came with five games uh, oh, because wow. they really failed at that point. They had just accepted it, and <laughs> we're like, that's how I got my Virtual Boy. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> there, I got go. a Virtual Boy from KB. And uh, it just so happened it was my birthday, and mm-hmm. my dad was uh, taking me to the mall, and I was like, I just want to go get some at KB Toys. And we went to KB Toys in the mall, and they had the Virtual Boy out. And I mean, I think the Virtual Boy came out, what, 95, 96, somewhere right around there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, something uh, like that. Something like that, somewhere around there. But it was, it didn't, it had only been out, I think, maybe a year, or maybe not even that long, and they had already priced them down at KB. And uh, I think I got, like, the virtual boy and like two or three games for like a hundred bucks. Yeah. And I remember like, I played so much Mario tennis on virtual boy. It was insane. Like that I would have blind today. Yeah. Right. You right. broke your eyes. I literally have horrible eyesight and I wear glasses and it's probably because it's of because the fucking virtual. Boy. <laughs> so it, it did come Nintendo out. And just burned your eyes out. Oh. It did come out. Yeah. And, uh, I, it I would did. say like every 30 minutes stop, but like no. I would no joke. I'd play two to three hours. Without oh, taking God. my head out of it. Oh, <laughs> man, that's so sweaty and just so <laughs> eye straining. <laughs> so actually, yeah, I, no joke. I, I, I have never actually gotten to play a Virtual Boy ever. I haven't played one since back then, since the yeah. mid to late 90s. But uh, I, I mean, honestly, I remember really liking it. Yeah, that's that's cool, man. I mean, whatever. Like I, you know, I one of the other cheap ones I got is the uh, 32X for my Genesis. I got that. I was at that point. I was working at Kmart. I was in. It was in high school, and uh, you know that had failed pretty bad. And uh, I was. I never really wanted one. And then like I worked in home electronics, and it was like all of a sudden, I don't know. I feel like it was twenty bucks. I, I mean, it was it was so cheap <laughs> that they were just like, get rid of this freaking thing. Nobody's buying this. 
So I picked one up and I bought like a handful of games. And honestly, I like loved some of the games. I mean, like, uh, uh, I, I'm, I, it's not a great game, but Knuckles Chaotix, I had so much fun with. Um, yeah. And uh, Calibri, those were, I think, my, my favorite too. Calibri is the, uh, the humming. Yeah, that was my too. first introduction to playing Doom, was Doom. Oh, yeah. Had, it, terrible had, version. Supposedly the best terrible version of Doom. Yeah, a lot of people said that. It was that. terrible, though. It had no music. Uh, no, is that no the one that it wasn't even a full screen? It was like a boarded yeah. screen? Yeah, okay, it, it was a boarded screen. There's no music. It's like, but it ran at a good clip. It was a good frame rate, so it was playable. Yeah, but like I grew up playing, you know, a version of Doom without the soundtrack, which is just sacrilege. Yeah. Like, what the hell is that? There's also uh, there was an Echo the Dolphin that had like enhanced sound, I think, and maybe it had video clips, or maybe it was Echo Two. I know there was a I know there was an Echo Thirty Two X thing. There was an uh, Echo on CD. I don't. Oh, oh, oh! Was. You're right. It was that was this that was Sega CD. You're right. You're right. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. Um. The I, other 32x game that we had was, what the hell? What even was it? Did we have more than three? I don't know. But it was. I don't it was, know. It was fun. It's. It was awesome. Like, uh, you know, it. It felt so good when you didn't. You, you didn't like lose all your money. You didn't lose your shirt buying like an Atari Jaguar when it first came out. <laughs> But you got it later and you're like, oh, well, I'll take it for like 10 bucks. Sure. Like, like whatever. Right. And uh, yeah, that's that's the best. But anyway, um, awesome stuff. It's uh, it's nine o'clock by our time. We uh, we've been talking, talking your ear off here for about 90 minutes with uh, Bobby Knipe Jr. Uh, I hope you guys have had an awesome, awesome time. Bobby, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. This was a this was a blast. Man, thank you for having me. Dude. Like I said, I, I've yep. been listening to you guys a lot lately, and it's uh, really nice to to jump on and actually talk with you. Sweet, that's awesome. that's it's fantastic. Awesome I'm, to have I'm you so on. happy to hear it. That's really great. Um, keep us informed. Uh, you know, we're, we'll be looking out anyway. Uh, following mom and pop, the indie video store boom of the '80s and '90s, and I legitimately can't wait to see this thing. Um, and yeah, definitely, uh, we're gonna have. Uh, all sorts of links any link that you want to give us is going to be in the show notes so if you guys uh think bobby knipe sounds like a cool dude who makes cool stuff well i'd say you're right and you should go down and scroll down <laughs> damn and right got some of them some of them links we got right there we got some linky links for you so well, i yes. got you i've got to make a request though okay what's that Ooh. if you got so so i loved the willow episode yep um and the crystalis episode i liked it okay and uh if, if there's any way in a future episode you guys will cover Clash at Demon Head, I'd be stoked about it. Ooh. Yeah, we haven't. That's we, a good suggestion. Yeah. I've, I, I've, I've so played. that was probably my most played Nintendo game wow, growing up, other than Mario. I played it. I, I bought it from a mom and pop store down the road, the gas station near my house. Uh, I bought Clash at Demon Head, and I played that almost as much as Mario. Obviously, the original Mario, I played more than anything, but Clash at Demon Head, man, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, that that is a Ooh, cool okay. game that I've sort of meant to to like give more time to. Um, we it's can, open we world, can, man. Yeah, we can make that happen. Yeah, because there's like a map screen you can go anywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's all sorts of interlocking areas and whatnot, and yeah, that totally falls into the same kind of games genre we've been sticking to as well. Just you know, by chance. Yeah, because yeah, it's like a it's, it's awesome. Dude, that's a, that's I, I just a had to drop that recommendation. 
Oh, awesome. Solid. Hey, thanks, man. Oh, good one, Bobby. Uh, we can, we can absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's on the list. We'll make that happen for you. No problem. That sounds great. Cool, that's a, yeah, we appreciate it. Any, uh, any other Retroids out there have, you know, ideas for games we want to play. Definitely let us know in the group. Um, but yeah, so once again, thanks for Bobby for uh, coming down and uh, being thanks on so this episode of oh, The Brig. Turn the key, open that, open the door, get some real food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully you didn't eat too many of them saltines. I mean, I don't know, they're kind of questionable. I, they're I old, probably they're even not good. Them. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, guys, thanks a lot again for listening and for hanging out with us, and we will see you next time on Retro Redactopus. We don't have a good ending thing. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh. And we'll we'll catch you Get on the, here. the flip side. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, bye. Go home. This is where I collect stuff that uh, it might be like the end credit zinger that I sometimes do, but don't always do. It depends if there's something funny. And then I just, I'll, I'll right. just stick it at the end of the, the, like the song it plays at the end. And at the end, sometimes if there's something funny, I'll, I'll you know, throw a zinger in, but you know, it's, it's one of those things like, oh, you got to wait and see. This isn't a Marvel movie. This is a regular movie. It could be, it could go either way. <clears throat> Ooh. And regardless, whatever's at the end probably will not be plot centric. No, it's not going to be worth it not, at all. Not, it's, not it's important. No, not important. <laughs> uh, you can miss all of them.